0: Turn with me to Luke, please, this evening. Can you give me some extra time tonight? This message tonight, I'm just bubbling over before I ever read to you about it. And I don't want it rushed. And I'm telling you, this word tonight will heal you. It'll heal you right where you sit. On the spot. I know from whence I speak. Didn't the Bible say. He sent his word. And healed them. And delivered them from their destruction. From their death. Is there power in the word of God. To come anointed. And hit you. And heal you. Is it? It is. And I'm telling you. It's in this word we're looking at tonight. So. uh, Get ready. Luke, what chapter is it? Five. 5, 12. Luke 5, 12. Remember, this is not only for us here in the room tonight. It's for many, many others outside of this room, all over the world. That's not an exaggeration. And so this is a weighty message. And so I want you to believe with me. Believe with me for this word to come out strong and for healings. Healings from this word tonight, tonight, and healing working in people after tonight and tomorrow from this very word. Luke 5, 12 It came to pass when Jesus was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him and said, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. This sounds like the prayer of millions of people. Lord, I know you can heal me if it's your will. Did Jesus answer him? Did he? Verse 13, he put forth his hand, and he touched him, and he said, I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. Was there power in that word? Something happened. Something happened in his body. There was power when he looked at him and he said, I will be clean. When you know the will of God, faith comes up in your heart. And he told person after person, your faith made you whole. Faith came up when this man heard, not only could he, it was his will now. The living Bible said, he said, sir, if you only will, you can clear me of every trace of my disease. Jesus reached out and touched the man and said, of course I will be healed. Don't you like that? Jesus said what? Of Of course I will be healed. And the leprosy left him instantly. Well, now we believe we got the answer to the question, is it God's will to heal right out of the mouth of Jesus right here? He never changes, and he's no respecter of persons. So if he said it then, he's saying it now. If you said it to him, he's saying it to you. Is he saying, I will? Yes. I will. You know, he never said, I won't. People have tried to say in modern times that he often says, I'm sorry, it's not my will for you to be healed, or not now, or God's teaching you something through this disease, or any number of things, but you have not one scripture to back that up. You can't find any place in the gospel accounts where Jesus ever said anything like that, or whether they did that in the book of Acts in the beginning days of the church. It is unscriptural, ought not be preached, ought not be believed. How many know if you can't find it in the Bible, you ought not believe it? And you ought not live by it and base your expectation on that. Well, we have begin then, since we're convinced of this, though, looking at other scriptures and confirming that it is God's will for all of us to be healed today. Just like it's God's will for all to be saved and born again, just the same. It's God's will for all to be healed. Some people say, well, if it's God's will for all to be healed, then they'll be healed. Well, you could say that about people being born again, too. But it's not true. We have something to do with it. What we believe. What we receive. And so the beginning of faith is being established in the will of God. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word, the anointed word of God. And when you know his word, you know his will. Faith is there. You can receive. So we have gone reason after reason. And we're up to reason number what last week? Reason number ten. Number one, God's word is medicine. Number two, a strong spirit will sustain you. Number three, the original creation. Number four, God's will in heaven. Number five, the origin of sickness. Number six, sickness is a work of the devil. Number seven, the covenant of healing. Number eight, the eternal names of God. Number nine, sickness is a curse. And number ten, types of redemption. And we shouted about the Passover lamb, didn't we? And the atonement, and the serpent on the pole, and year of jubilee, and yes. right? Yes. And our premise was, if we can find healing in the type, what does that prove? There's healing in what the type was a type of. Yes. Redemption. Yes. So I want to get in it tonight. To Number 11, to we're sure it's God's will for all to be healed, because healing is a part of redemption just as much as being saved from hell just as much as being born again healing is a part of redemption it belongs to you equally with forgiveness of sin now go with me again to second corinthians scripture we looked at last uh, week 2 Corinthians, the first chapter, I believe it is, and verse 20. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For all the promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him, amen, or so be it, unto the glory of God by us. How many of the promises of God? All of them. Now we have said this before. And you may not know why I'm being so repetitive about it. Or so strong about it. But it is a big, big issue. I am convinced from the word. That there is no blessing available to mankind. Except through Jesus. Did you hear what I said now? That is an all inclusive statement. I don't believe That, you know, God goes around that and does things any other way. To do so would be unjust. God, the Father, the Creator of heavens and earth, is the righteous judge of all the earth. He is known throughout time and eternity in all the universe, the Bible says, He's known for His righteous judgments. And he's no matter how much he loves you, he's not going to pervert justice for you. Right. He's not going to do wrong or do something unfair or unjust for anybody. So the only way he would have a right to do something for a man or a woman is through redemption. That way he's justified. He is uh, He's justified, the Bible said Jesus is, and he is the justifier. Of those that believe in him. So if anybody ever got healed. Old Testament. Gospel accounts. New Testament. Last week. If anybody ever got healed. I'm saying. I believe the Bible is saying. It was based on what Jesus was going to do. Or what he's already done. You and I are looking back to the cross. It's already happened. It's already done. We're about to read in Isaiah 53. In fact, be turning there right now. Go to Isaiah 53. And you know that in this chapter, it says, uh, with his stripes, we are healed. Doesn't it? That's good news, my brother and sister. With his stripes, we are healed. But how many know 1 Peter 2.24 uses a different word? It said, by his stripes, you were healed. Why? Isaiah is looking by the Spirit to the future. Jesus hadn't been born yet in his time. The cross hasn't happened. The scourging hasn't happened. Him being raised from the dead hasn't happened on the earth. But he's looking at it in the Spirit. And he says, by whose stripes you are healed. But Peter, Peter's on the other side. Like we are. The Lord has come, born of a virgin. Hung on the cross, scourged at the whipping post, raised from the dead, seated at the right hand of majesty. And now he says, by whose stripes you were healed. Everybody that ever got healed throughout the Old Covenant and the Old Testament and all those years through the prophets and the law, they were healed based on what Jesus was going to do. Everybody that's ever been healed was ever healed in Jesus' ministry. All the masses and thousands that were healed in his earthly ministry were healed based on what he was about to do. Yes. And then anybody and everybody that's ever been healed since then have been healed based on what Jesus has already done at the cross. Yes. Yes. Do you believe that or not? Yes. All the promises of God, every one of them, find their fulfillment and God's, the Father's ability to say yes And so be it, you can have it. It is all and it is only through Jesus. Oh, he's our hero, isn't he? He's everything. Huh? I get worked up when I start talking about him. Jesus is it. He's everything, isn't he? He's the beginning. He's the end. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He's the first. He's the last. And He's everything in between. He's it. There is no salvation apart from Him. There is none. He is the only way. He's the way. The only way. There is no deliverance. There is no healing. There is no freedom. There is no blessing from God except through Him. Through Jesus. But now here's the thing. If he did buy and pay for healing in his work of redemption, how many does redemption belong to? Hmm? How are you going to say, if that's true, and then somebody's going to come back and say, well, some it's God's will to heal and some it's not. Hold on, hold on. If it's true that he bought and paid for it through the work of redemption, why couldn't you say that about other parts of redemption? Why couldn't you just as equally say it's God's will for some to be born again and some it's not? If he bought it, if he paid for it, if he accomplished it through substitutionary sacrifice, it belongs to whosoever will believe all the time, forever. Glory to God. Go to Isaiah, please. 53rd chapter. I need you to stir up and stay with me tonight. I need to stay with us till we get this done. Hmm? I'm telling you, people are going to play these CDs years from now and get healed while they listen to them. Not because of me. I didn't write this. I didn't do this. He did it. Hmm? So let's get it out right tonight. Isaiah 53, are you there? Isaiah 53. The Bible says, who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? The answer to the last is the answer to the first. Who has the arm, the power of the Lord revealed to them? It's the ones who believe the report. He'll grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. There's all kind of romantic notions been brought up and tossed around about Jesus. And people portray him in his earthly life as operating as the son of God. No. Now I know this may sound hard for you. But do you believe the scripture or not? Yes. There was no beauty that we should desire him. What does that mean? People met Jesus on the street by the droves and didn't look twice. Hmm? He looked very ordinary. And very regular to the masses. And it got worse from there. Verse 3. He is what? Despised. Despised and rejected of men. He was. Now the cross to us is honorable and holy. But in that day, it was not so. We go around, you know, you see people all the time with crosses hanging on there necklace or their bracelet or or on their stuff, but in that day, it would be like an electric chair hanging on your necklace or a hypodermic that said lethal. I know some people don't like to hear that, but that's what it was. It was the most gruesome death reserved for the worst criminals. It was written in the Bible, cursed. Is one who hangs on a tree. And everybody assumed that if a man died that kind of death. He was accursed of God. He had it coming. He deserved it. And that's what the masses who knew about it believed. With many of the people. That were on the fence. If you read the scriptures. You'll see that some of them were saying. Well he's a good man. And other people said. Nah he's deceiving the people. And there were quite a few people on the fence. But when he actually was hung on the cross. Then the masses said. Well there it is. He's a cursed of God. Can't be a good man. He's the worst criminal. Of, worst of criminal sorts. I know that's hard for people to hear it. But you need to hear it. To see what happened. He was, I'm not making this up, Emma. No. Read the verse. He was what? He was despised. He was rejected of men. He went, the second verse says he wasn't noticed. You know, he went from not being noticed to being despised and treated as the worst criminal. But now get this. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Now, it's kind of sad that the King James translates this, this particular way. Because it's building up to the very next fourth and fifth verse that deals with our healing. Yes. Oh, yeah. And these words that are translated griefs are in other places in the same Bible translated sickness. Uh-huh. And this words that translated sorrows are in other places in the same King James Bible translated pains don't take my word for it study it out for yourself but let me read some of it to you the Young's translation and Young's is a very highly respected literal translation says verse 3 he was a man of pains and acquainted with sickness verse 4 surely our sicknesses he has borne and our pains He has carried them. Did you hear this now? This is what the scripture is saying. Numerous other places. Like I said. These words are translated. Sickness and pain. Now why am I taking time and talking about this? We know he bore our sins. That's widely known. In Christendom. Did he bear our sickness yes. when he bore our sin? Yes. Did he carry our pain yes. when he carried our punishment? Yes. The Bible says he did. Isaiah is in the spirit. The Holy Ghost has come on him. And he is a prophet. He is a seer. And he is seeing through the centuries Into the future. And he sees this. And he writes what he sees. He sees one who came. And he starts off by saying. Who believes this report? Who believes this? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He said he's coming. But he won't stand out. He's coming. I see him. There's no marvelous beauty in him that will make you goo and gah over him. He'll be despised. He'll be rejected. He'll be executed as the worst criminal. Oh, but this is what's happening. He's bearing our sicknesses. I see it. He's carrying our pains. Oh, can you see this? He goes on to say that He was bearing our iniquities also and our sins and the chastisement of our peace. We know from 1 Corinthians, He was made poor for us. This is the great exchange. We saw in the types of redemption, we saw the word atonement. Again and again and again. And you see it all through the Old Testament. Atonement is not a New Testament word. I know we use it all the time. But it's not. Study it for yourself. Atonement is an Old Testament word. It means to cover. But Jesus did not atone for our sins. I know that sounds strange to your ears. But study it out for yourself. He did not atone for sins. For our sins, that means He did not cover our sins. The Bible says he put them away once and for all. We do not have the covering of sin, we have the remission of sin, which means you're free from it. Once it's done, it's not covered where somebody can find it, it's gone, nobody can find it. It is removed. He took it upon himself. Yes. And he took it away. Thank you. Thank you, Father. During those three days and nights. Thank you, he took it to the pit. Yes. Yes. Are you listening? Yes. And we've been taught some of this. But in many, many circles we have not been taught that when he took our sin, he also was taking our sickness. This has not been taught. He took our sickness. Let me give you some more scripture. This word. Here translated griefs. Are you with me in Isaiah 53? I get excited but I don't need to move too fast. Verse 4. Surely. when the Bible says surely. If it just said it happened it'd be true. But when it goes ahead and says, surely, surely He has borne our griefs. That word griefs is the Hebrew word koli. Twenty times that I know of. Somebody say twenty. Twenty other times I know of in the Old Testament it was translated disease or sickness. In fact, I heard some individuals, that, and this is an interesting thought, this is hearsay, so don't build a doctrine on it, but Hebrew and Greek scholars know these things, and an individual that was on one of the committees, this is many years ago, doing one of the, what we call the modern translations, when they got to this passage, and they there were scholars from all different camps, because they want to make it fair. It wasn't just a Baptist and a Presbyterian. there was from all different camps. But these are highly educated men in the original languages. And one of them said, well, this has been translated sickness and disease consistently in these previous verses. But it's not what the King James says. And there was a big discussion about it. And finally, one person said, well, if we do that, if we put sickness and pain in there, people will get the wrong idea. And it will play right into these uh, divine healing people's error and other people two of the guys said if you don't translate it the way we've translated it to other previous x amount of places we're quitting because it's just good bible translation and the result was they quit they left the committee and it was translated griefs and sorrows with a footnote don't take my word for it study it out for yourself But I'm telling you, score, you know, many other times this same word is translated sickness or disease. What does the scripture read then, if that's so? Surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. You better stay awake tonight. This can last you the rest of your life. Surely, he has said out loud, surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. I'm telling you, that is literally what these words mean. But if you have any question about it, I got the answer for you right here. I don't care if you don't know Hebrew or Greek or anybody that does or can't find a concordance. I know of a commentator on this. In the New Testament. His name is the Holy Spirit. He's the one who inspired Isaiah to say this. So I reckon he would know what he said. And he quoted this. In Matthew the 8th chapter. Go there now. Hold your place here. We're coming back. But go to Matthew 8. If you couldn't read the concordance. If you didn't know about it? You wondered about it? All you got to say is Holy Ghost. What were you saying? Over there in Isaiah, when you said that. What were you saying? Matthew 8. Are you there? Matthew 8:16. Eight sixteen Matthew. When the even was come, they brought to him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. All a l l all. Verse seventeen. That. Oh, now get this, get this. All were healed. Somebody say all. It's healing for everybody. Is redemption for everybody. Is yes. believing in Jesus for everybody. Yes. He healed all that were sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, who said, Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. If the Holy Ghost said in, through Matthew that that's what he said through Isaiah, then I reckon that's what he said. Surely. Oh, glory to God. Friend, listen to me. When you come to believe this, just as strong as you believe he bore your sins, you'll be healed. Just like you're saved. Surely. He has borne our sicknesses. Surely He has carried our pains. Why? So we could bear them for His glory? That doesn't work. So He could continue to teach us things through being sick and diseased? That doesn't work. Why did He bear our sins? And the penalty of our iniquities. So we could be free from it. So we wouldn't have to bear it. Why did he bear the chastisement of our peace? So we could have peace. Why did he bear our sicknesses and carried our pains? The very next verse in Isaiah says, you're healed by stripes. Go back to Isaiah 53. Mm, Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Surely, surely He has borne our, somebody say my. Surely He has borne my sicknesses and carried my pains. Yet it says... We did esteem Him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Now, you're going to have to hear with your heart over the next few minutes on this. Smitten of God. Beaten. How is it that we're healed by His stripes? Stripes are the result of a beating. Now there are numerous thoughts about this, but go back to the original words and you'll see when the word for stripe in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, it means a wound or a bruise. It has to do with a the idea of a welt as well. Like when you're struck. With a rod. In fact, the word rod is frequently used in connection with this. Somebody say rod, rod. beating, beating. Stripe. stripe. Beatings are punishment for disobedience, for rebellion, for breaking God's laws. And under the Old Testament, they were given instructions. How these kind of things were to be carried out. Listen to this. Don't try to turn there, but Deuteronomy 25, 2 and 3. Deuteronomy 25, 2 and 3. It shall be, if a wicked man be worthy to be beaten, the judge, somebody say the judge, will cause him to lie down and to be beaten before his face according to his fault by a certain number. Forty stripes he may give him and not exceed, lest if he should exceed and beat him above these with many stripes, then thy brother should seem vile unto thee. Beaten. You're not beaten because you did well. You're not beaten because you obeyed. You're beaten as punishment for disobedience and rebellion. Listen to Proverbs ten thirteen. A rod is for the back of him that is void of understanding. Proverbs nineteen twenty nine Judgments are prepared for scorners and stripes for the back of fools. it out loud, stripes are for the backs of fools. See, why would they need a beating? Because they hadn't listened to talk. Talk does no good with them. They're rebellious after hours of instruction and pleading and everything else. And so a beating is the next recourse. Now I know this is politically incorrect. But this has been in the Word from ancient times. And people were beaten as punishment for their crimes. Weren't they? Discouraging has to do with this. Now, there's difference between Roman scourging and Jewish scourging. And I know with the Passion uh, movie and all the blood from the scourging, and I'm not saying that that didn't happen like that, but you have to be watchful that you don't lose focus. It didn't say, by His blood, we're healed. I guess the Lord could have said that if He would wanted to. What did it say? By His stripes, we're healed. By His stripes. He was tied to the whipping post. He was beaten. There's all kind of debate about what instrument was used and how it happened. And don't get too carried away with that. Just stay with the focus. He was beaten. He did not have to do this to go to the cross. This is something else. He could have went to the cross without doing that. It was an awful thing. It was terrible. They tell us people died sometimes just from being scourged. And you know he was in bad shape after the scourging. They made him carry his cross and he was so weak. He stumbled. He fell. Why did he do that? Now you'll have all kind of people try to say, well, for our sins. That ain't what the Bible said. Why was He scourged? Why was He beaten? Well, for our sins. That's not what the Bible says. It says by His stripes. The result of Him being beaten is you being healed. Now, whether you understand this or not, you can believe it. Proverbs 20, verse 30. 20, verse 30 says, The blueness of a wound cleanses away evil. So do stripes the inward parts of the belly. In fact, if you look up the word that's in uh, 1 Peter 2, where it says, By his stripes you were healed. It's the word for bruise. Bruise. Which would be the result of being struck with some kind of an object, usually a blunt object like a rod or a stick. But the, he said, the blueness of the wound cleanses away evil. I saw an interesting comment. Uh, this is an old, well, not as old as these <laughs> words, but uh, an older colloquial expression where somebody's child was acting up or just acting sulky and pouting around and somebody said, what's wrong with that kid? And the other one said, "Ah, all they need is a good dose of strap oil, a good dose of strap oil. Now, that's an older colloquial expression. What does that mean, though? They need a good whipping. Strap oil. Oh, they're acting sick and puny. All they need a good dose of strap oil. That'll fix them up. Amen. Healing and beating. Beating and bruises and healing. How do these go together? Simple. Sickness is punishment. Are you listening? Sickness is punishment for breaking God's laws, for rebellion and disobedience. Don't let your mind run off on some tangents. Stay right here with me. Is that statement true or not? Leviticus 26, Deuteronomy 28, we went through it just recently, verse by verse, was part of the penalty for breaking God's law, being sick and diseased. Sickness is punishment. That's why it is such a perversion for preachers to get up in their pulpits and act like sickness is some kind of a blessing in disguise. No Sickness is punishment. Poverty is punishment. Hell is punishment. Right? Grief and vexation of mind and soul is punishment. Punishment for the disobedient. Punishment for the rebellious. Was Jesus disobedient? Certainly not. And he never was sick. Hmm? Was Jesus rebellious and disobedient? No. And he was, he had everything he needed. He had abundance. He enjoyed nice things. Did he ever have broken peace? Did, was he anxious? Did he have times of depression? No. Because he was not punished. He was blessed. He lived in the blessing, not to curse. Because he was obedient. Not disobedient. But here, the prophet is seeing him... Being treated like the worst criminal and seeing him smitten of God. Oh, come on, friend. You'll have to use the eyes of your spirit to see this. Uh, are you still in Isaiah 53? <sighs> Isaiah 53, 4. Isaiah 53, 4. Let me read some other translations to you. The Leaser translation says, Only our diseases did he bear himself. And our pains he carried. Goodspeed says, it was our pains that he bore. Our sorrows that he carried. The Jewish translation says, surely our diseases he did bear and our pains he carried. The New American translation says, it was our infirmities that he bore and our sufferings that he endured. The Amplified and the Knox says, we thought of him as someone punished by God, stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God. Somebody say, punished by God. God. Smitten by God. Why would a person be punished by God? Sins, disobedience, breaking his laws, rebellion. Listen to verse 5. He's pierced for our transgressions. He's bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace is on him. And by his bruise, there is healing to us. By by the results of his beating, to us there's healing. Verse 6. All of us like sheep have wandered each to his own way we have turned... And Jehovah has caused to meet on Him the punishment of us all. The punishment for all your mistakes and failures would have been broken fellowship with God. Your sins staying on you. Broken peace. No confidence. Having to go to hell when you die. But includes being sick and broken and defeated in this life. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So the righteous judge should punish those who have sinned. And the punishment involves all these things. And that is justice. And it ought to be that way. Except. Except. If somebody else. Will take it for you. If somebody else. See God is the righteous judge of all the earth. And he knows what's fair. And what is not. And he has set this up from the beginning. That somebody else. Can take your place. And pay it. And it's just as paid. As if you paid it. Jesus took our place. And he took The punishment for all broken sin and broken covenant. He took the punishment, which included sickness. And it happened specifically, not on the cross. That happened later. It happened specifically when he was tied to this post and he was beat. Beaten. People could see... The soldiers beating him. What they could not see was the spiritual blow. When Jesus in the garden sweat drops of water and blood and was in such an agony, was he recoiling? over being beaten with the Roman's instrument and hung on the cross, if he was responding like that, it's said that some of his followers after him acted with more bravery. I don't know, you don't like to hear that, but you need to have your eyes open. There was so much more he was looking at. What was going to happen to him in spirit? When that was happening to his body, something else was happening in his spirit. Read this. Verse 10. Isaiah 53.10. It pleased the Lord to do what? Bruising. Who bruised him? The Lord. We, by his bruise. And we say stripes. But really this is the same word. That's translated bruise. Same word. By his bruise we are healed. Was it the bruises the Romans put on him? Mm-mm. Read it again. Who bruised him? Who bruised him? And this sounds strange. It pleased the Lord. How in the world could it please the Lord to bruise him? Because him who sees the end from the beginning could see your face. And Mao, oh, come on. And knew that his beloved son would be strong and would do it and would rise from the dead and would soon be at his right hand in glory. And he could see your face and he could see mine. Somebody said, and he was bearing our sins. He did, but not specifically on this verse said he was bearing our sicknesses and carrying our pains. This has not been preached. It's been referred to, it's been alluded to, it's been run over quickly. This, my friend, is Bible and it's true, and he did it for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you Jesus. Say surely. He took, he took my sicknesses. He carried my pains. He my pains. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. Now, you, if you're paying close attention, that's the same word, grief. Same word that the translators had a failing heart and wouldn't put it in. It is the Hebrew word for sickness. He has put him to sickness. Don't take my word for it. Look it up. Listen to Young's literal translation. Jehovah has delighted to bruise him. He has made him sick. Uh, JPS translation says, It pleased the Lord to crush him by disease. Rotherham's says... He has laid on him sickness. Who did it? Who did it? See, I'm not trying to minimize this now. Being beaten was awful. Being nailed to a cross was awful. But that was not the half of what happened to him. That was the small part of what happened to him. What made him sweat drops of blood in the garden? What made him pray and say... If there's any way, if there's any way, Father, let this cup pass from me. And had to bring himself back to it and say, nevertheless, not my way. How many understand, Jesus is not weak. Jesus is strong. And he's looking at this and shaking his head. He's crying. He fell on the ground from being overcome with the pressure of it. Why? Because he's going to hang on that cross in a few hours. And all of the ugly, terrible, evil, and iniquity and sin of every man since Adam until the last man that's going to be born and live on the earth is going to converge on his sinless, spotless spirit. And he's not just going to empathize with it. He's going to become it. And when he becomes it, God is going to turn away his face from him. And he's going to be separated from the Father. Why do you think he cried out? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the full brunt of God's judgment is going to come on him. That's why he was crying and sweating blood and, and falling. But before he went to the cross, there was something else. He was tied to the scourging post. His clothes were ripped off. And he was beaten. He was beaten like a criminal who deserved to be beaten. But the Bible said Isaiah is not seeing Romans. Isaiah is seeing in the spirit. Centuries before it happened. And what did he say he saw? God is bruising him. God is putting him to sickness. Oh, friends, get this in your mind. Get this in your mind. The Romans, or the soldiers, whoever it was, with whatever they had, it's not really that important, were hitting him. And hitting him. And when they were hitting him, it was causing wounds, it was causing bruises, it was causing. But what you could not see is God struck him with the course of said, for our sins. No, it's not what it said. It's not what it said. Struck him with the spiritual root of every disease and every sickness that mankind would ever know. So when the Romans were beating him from the hand of the judgment of God was coming on his spirit, on his soul, the root. How many understand? You can take cancer cells and put them under a microscope. There's a life in them. There's a spiritual mobility in them. What's keeping them alive? What's making them grow? It's spiritual. There's a spiritual root and core and cause of every disease. You can't see it with a microscope. God laid that on him and beat him with that when the Romans beat him in the physical. And by that beating... No matter, here's the lie. The devil will say, well, yeah, you know, God can heal. And he loves you and all that, but you've messed up. You've missed God, and you've missed his plan for your life, and you've messed up so bad, and you fell so bad. Exactly! That's why he was beaten! To say I can't be healed because I've messed up, doesn't make sense. And yet it's one of the favorite lines of the enemy. Well, you've messed up. You've come short. you failed so you don't have a right. If you have messed up and deserve to be punished, including being broke and sick, that's why Jesus is there at the whipping post, taking your beating for you, taking your sickness for you. Taking your disease, taking your spiritual beating for you, which is sickness and disease. Oh, can you see this or not? Don't let this get away from you. Meditate upon this. Talk it. Think it until it gets built up in your spirit. Because I'm telling you, the revelation of this will heal you. Will heal you where you sit. Just like a man can be born again right where he sits. Just by believing the word. This is the same Bible glory to God now go to Acts get ready to shout get ready to shout shout I mean sure enough shout while you're turning there say it out loud surely, surely. He, bore my he bore my sicknesses he carried my pain, he carried my pain. And, by his bruises, and by his bruises I am healed now, I moved too quick. You need to find Acts 22, but you need to get Isaiah 53 back. I didn't say something I should have said. Can you see why I said this is weighty? This is the gospel, my brother sister. This is the great exchange. This is the good news. We need to major on this. Not minor on it, major on it. Isaiah 53, verse 4, well, verse 3. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of pains and acquainted with sickness. Now, if you don't have that in your Bible, you ought to write it in there. I've given you numerous reasons why. Don't take my word for it. Study it out for yourself. But get it done and write it in there. And write Matthew 8, 17 right beside it. A man of pain acquainted with sickness, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and esteemed. We esteemed him not. Surely he bore our griefs, our sicknesses, and he carried our sorrows, our pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Who smote him? God. He was wounded for our transgressions, not his. He was bruised for our iniquities, not his. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. He deserved no punishment. We did. But if he took our punishment, do I have to have it anyway? No. no, come on. Think about it. It is so obvious. I mean, let's say you're in another country. There are still numerous countries where you break one of their laws. They'll take you right out in the street and tie you and beat you with a stick. Let's say you and I were rambling the world on vacation and you broke somebody's rule and didn't mean to, next thing you know, they're going to take you out and they're going to beat you until you're silly, maybe die. And I say, well, look, wait, wait, wait. Can I take their place? I mean, maybe I'm, let's say if I was younger than you or I was a little stronger than you. Can I take their place? They said, yeah, it's accepted under our law. And what if I went and let they beat me. <laughs> and it took me three weeks to get over it. Where I could walk. And yet they show up at your house. You know right after that. And say. You know come get your beating. We come to beat you. You broke the law. You deserve it. What would you say? What would you say? Come on tell me. What would you say? You would say. Uh-uh, no. Keith took my beating. Now come on now. If. You let them beat you anyway. Why did I do it? What good did it do me to take that if you let them beat you anyway? By his beating, we're free. By him taking our punishment, then legally, we should not be punished. Even though we're the ones that committed to sin. Because even though he didn't commit to sin, he took the punishment. Now get this. Let's get stronger as you go. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth he is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb what does dumb mean not talking silent so he opens not his mouth it said it again say it out loud he opened not his mouth mouth. say it again He he opened not his mouth say it again he opened not his mouth Let's say this scenario I just played out for you. We're in this other country. You got in trouble. I let them beat me, just to keep you from having to be beat. They come to your house the next day to beat you. What if you don't open your mouth? Hmm, Then you're going to get beat. Why? Did you have to get beat? somebody said, "Well, I learned something through it. Well, you weren't supposed to. <laughs> if you got beat then I took the beating in vain for no reason. This is, the gospel is substitution. Redemption is exchange. You know why you're not going to hell? He went. You know why you're not going to pay the price for your sins? He did. You know why you don't have to be sick? He took it. It's exactly the same through the whole realm of life. Say, he opened not his mouth. mouth. See, it repeats it for emphasis. It says it again. He opened not his mouth. Now look at Acts 22. Acts 22. Get ready to shout. Acts 22. Jesus has gone to the cross. He has paid the price. He took our beating for us and he died in our place said out loud, he took my beating at the uh, scourging post. He died for me at the cross. In Acts 22, Acts 22, Paul was preaching in this particular place. And as frequent with him, they either had revival or riot. And frequently both. And here they were having a riot. The people got so mad that verse 22, as he finished up his trying to preach to them, they gave audience, this is Acts twenty-two, twenty-two. they gave him audience until this word and they lifted up their voices and they said, away with such a fellow from the earth for it is not fit that he should live. And they cried out and they cast off their clothes and they threw dirt in the air. That's devil stirring people up. The chief captain commanded him to be brought to the castle and bade that he should be examined by scourging. scourging. That's what they did to Jesus. So they took him in so that he might know wherefore they cried so against him. Do you understand what they're going to do? Scourging, what would we call it today? Torture. They're going to strip him down, they're going to tie him to the post, they're going to ask him some questions, and they're going to beat him. And they're going to ask questions and beat, and ask questions and beat. And he may live through this, and he may not. Scourging. Paul, the apostle, the preacher. And, verse 25, as they bound him with thongs, now get the picture, they're tying him to the post. Just like they did Jesus. Now, no. when they tied Jesus to the post, what did he say? Tell me what Isaiah said. He opened not his mouth. Now, they're tying Paul to the post. <laughs> How, what do you think Paul ought to do? Well, he ought to be like Jesus. And open not his mouth. Not if Jesus did it for you. What Get this now. What Jesus did as your substitute is not your example. Two different things. There are things he did as our example. But what he did as our substitute is different. It's not our example. It's in our place. On our behalf. I'm just about through, but stay with me now. Help me finish this up. They're tying the man of God to the scourging post. Just like they did. Exactly like they did with Jesus. Hadn't been that long since they did it to Jesus. And as they're tying him to the post, he says, he opens his mouth. (laughs) Oh, can you get the picture? They're tying him up. Ah, They took off his coat. And they tied him up to the post. He can hear that guy, kapow, warming up his whip back there. Kapow. And he said, hey. Hey. Shut up, you're about to be beat. I said, hey. Is it legal to beat a Roman citizen that is not convicted and found guilty of a crime? Is it legal? He knew it wasn't. They knew it wasn't. Oh, he opened his mouth. Don't you know he was glad? He knew about his rights. Now, we don't know about this, but in those days, if you were not a Roman, you were nobody. You were nothing. I don't care who you were, who you thought you were, what you had. I mean, if somebody finds a dead body in the ditch on Monday morning. The authorities want to know, who is this? Are they a citizen? No. Nah. Not even an investigation. Non-citizens could be slaves, could be property of somebody else. Non-citizens were nobodies. But if you were a Roman citizen, you had rights. I said you had rights that the whole kingdom and the emperor himself backed up personally. You could, any Roman citizen, you could appeal your case all the way to Caesar himself. If you didn't like what was going on, Paul did. It's a matter of Bible record. Yeah, yeah. Didn't he? You remember? It? Remember he stood before Agrippa and those guys and he said, I appeal to Caesar. He's in shackles. And they looked at each other and said, what would he do? And they confer with their lawyers and said, hey, you got to send him. You don't want to get back to Caesar that you violated his Roman rights. And they said, you appeal to Caesar? To Caesar you will go. He had rights. Why is this in the Bible what what why is this here the Bible said our citizenship this is in Philippians it's the Greek word polytium it means citizenship it says our citizenship is in heaven what do you think it means that your name is written in a book And I'm telling you, in time and in eternity, if you ain't a citizen of heaven, you are not anybody. I don't care who your family tree is, how much money you got, what kind of political class. When it's all said and done, there's only going to be one roster that matters. Oh, but here's the good news. Here's the good news. If your name is in that book, if you are a citizen of heaven, you have rights Now! Right now! You have rights right now! Now! Masses of Christians don't know this. And so they're silent. And they take it. And they take it. And they take the devil tearing up their affairs and hurting their babies and destroying their finances and they just take it and they go well you just never know what the Lord's going to do and we don't know and they just take it and the devil is beating and stealing and killing and destroying and they don't even know they have any rights much less stand up and speak up for them what if Paul had have been quiet what if he'd sat there and go well you know I have made a lot of mistakes I guess, you know, I guess I deserve a good beating. Lord, help me to be strong. Take it like a man. Lord, give me strength. Lord, give me strength. Lord, give me strength. Well, if that's all you know, the Lord will be merciful and he'll give you strength. But there's something better. There's something better. Come on, help me out. What did he say? Wait up! <laughs> this guy's back here going, kapow! He's warming up the big old brute of a guy. Kapow! I mean, this is all this guy does. This is whole profession. What do you think he does in between scourgings? He flicks uh, flies off a fence post and works out. He's just waiting for somebody to take apart. He's going to flail him. Flay him, I'm trying to say. That too. Either way, you don't want it. What do you say? Come on, help me out. What do you say? Hey, wait wait a minute. Wait a minute. Get, 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 Get this word. Get this word. Is it lawful? See, the devil is counting on you not knowing this. He is a spiritual outlaw. And he wants to take advantage of you because of your ignorance. He wants you to be quiet and take it. He said, is it lawful for you? Beat me like this? Uncondemned? A Roman citizen? He knew who he was. He knew he had rights. Look at it, look at it. When the centurion heard that, he went and told the chief captain. First, you know, he told that big brute of a guy with a whip. Hey, whoa, whoa, wait. Let's go sit down. Wait a minute. And he went in to the chief captain, the head man. Friend, this is symbolic of devils. This is symbolic of the devil's hierarchy. Principalities. Powers rulers the enemy come start doing something to you and you go whoa 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 not in my house you don't uh uh no you don't now is it legal devil is it legal if you come in here and do this immediately those lower level evils have to go huh whoa 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 what what well, ask the boss devil. I, they said it's illegal. I don't, you know, these lower levels are pretty dumb. And they go, he said we couldn't kill him with cancer. He said, what? He said he is a citizen of heaven. And we can't, and we can't do it. So they said, well, whoa, what time? Wait, wait. We don't want to cross God, you know. what? Whoa, whoa, go ask big devil. And he went in. And he told the chief captain, he said, you better watch what you're doing. Because this man is a Roman. You better watch out what you're about to do. The chief captain got out from behind his desk. Came down to the courtyard where Paul is still like this. And now the head man comes down and says, hey. He says, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) Now come on, what if he hadn't spoken up? What if he hadn't spoken up? He said, they tell me you're a Roman. Is that true? Don't you think he was glad he could say, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yes, I am. Roman citizen. That's right. And he said, with a great sum, I obtained this freedom. You know, in these days you could be born to citizens and you'd have citizenship a lot like it is today. You know, that was Paul's case. Or you could do some great exploit in the military and Caesar could award you citizenship. Or if you had enough money and knew the right people, you could buy it. Some things never change. (laughs) If you knew the right campaigns to contribute to. and And he said, it cost me a lot of money. To get my citizenship. Paul said, All right, I understand that, but I was born this way. I was born free. I was born into this. I didn't earn it and I didn't buy it. I was born into this. Then straightway, They departed from him, which should have examined him. That's the word for torture. And the chief captain was afraid. What a turn. They're treating him like dirt. They're tying him the post. Chief captain didn't even stay out there. He went inside to get something cold to drink. They're going to beat him into a pulp. Now he's scared. Head man is scared. Because he knew he was a Roman and because he had tied him up. Oh. Did you get the picture? When he looked up from there and he said, I was born this way. I was born free. That's why I got all these rights. That's why I'm protected. I was born into this. And the chief captain said, "Untie him, untie him right now, uh, Mister Paul. We are sorry. We we didn't know. Uh, mm, I hope you don't feel the necessity to report this to Caesar. Because would you come inside? Man, I got some fresh lemonade and some. Gra- I'm sorry. Uh, get me some. I think some of my clothes would fit him. Would you get some? And bring, sit down here, Mister Paul. I'm sorry. Oh, we got some stuff on your clothes. I'm sorry. He goes from being. You know, about to be scourged and beaten to loose and respect. Yes, sir. Friends, you were born into this. Yes. You didn't earn it. You didn't buy it. You couldn't do enough to deserve it. But when you looked up and you said, Jesus, I believe on you. And I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. You were born again. And you were born into this family and into this kingdom. And your name, your, 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 your name. Your name is in that book. And that book is a book of the redeemed and the ransomed. It is also a roster of the citizenship of the eternal kingdom of God. And as a citizen, you have rights. You have rights. You have rights, but you must know them, and you must stand up, and you must speak for them. Yeah, yes. Jesus opened not his mouth. How many know he could have? Yeah. Oh, Don't you remember what it said when they were appealing to him? He said, don't you know, I could call on the Father right now. He'd send me legions of angels. And what would do? They would take him out of there so fast. I mean, they'd wipe out every soldier within a hundred miles of there, just like that. But, you'd still have to pay for your own punishment. He could have, Jesus, when they tied him to the whipping post. And they started beating him. And not only them beating him, but the hand of God was striking him with the core spiritual cause of every disease and sickness. And it was crushing him and bruising him to his spirit's core. He could have said, I appeal to justice. I don't deserve this. I've done nothing wrong. I appeal to the Almighty and justice. If He had spoken up, He would have been delivered because He didn't deserve it. And we'd be lost. We would have to pay the penalty for our sin. That's why. Don't you know He wanted to say something? All he had to say was a word. That's all he had to say. All he had to say is stop it. How many know when he said I am. They all fell on the ground. (sighs) Our hero. Think about the strength it took. Think about the self-control. Think. All you got to do is say a word. And you're out of it. He took it. He took it. He opened not his mouth. He let them lead. Nobody. He said, nobody takes my life from me. I lay it down and I pick it up. He was not in their hands, in their control. Nothing he could do about it. He let them do it. And like a lamb led before its shearers, is dumb and just stands there and takes it. He opened not his mouth. And it said it again. He opened not his mouth. You know why he opened not his mouth? So we could open our mouth Let the redeemed of the Lord Let them open up their mouths And let them say it And when anything that is stealing And killing And destruction comes And starts to pound on you And affect you You better not sit there And go well I don't know if it's the will of God You stand up And you say no you don't No you don't Is it lawful? Yes You ignorant devils, is it lawful for you to work cancer in my body and I'm uncondemned, a citizen of heaven? Oh, you deserve it. You've messed up. I did deserve it. But he took the beating. He took the sickness. He took the pain. No, you don't steal my money. No, you don't. Is it legal? Is it lawful for you to steal my prosperity? No, you don't. I call you on it. I challenge you before the high court of heaven. They'll run scared to their superiors. And they'll back off from you. That's not my words. Resist the devil. And he will flee flee from you. Glory to God. I think you ought to stand up right now on your feet.